Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Magic Without Fears, the Hermetic Podcast. This is Frater R.C. and today we are back, returned with Cliff Wigtail. <laughs> yes. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you? I am uh, just dandy here in rainy Raincouver, Rain City, Van City. Yeah. Right. I set up my Enochian books for you. So, uh, well, not all of them, but what, you know, I did my little little display so people know what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. You want to? Yep. Yep. Yeah. My uh, wife got me this little semi sacrilegious, you know, questionable, but. I, you know, my it. wife got it for me. My wife got it for me. It's an act of love. So, you know, the angel said, first and foremost, you got to love each other. So yeah. that's fine. So, and I, I do enjoy it. So little D, D in front of the sigillum. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so. Where, where are we going to start today? It, it's really apropos of the interview I just did with Aaron Leach. Uh, yeah. That we, we didn't get to talk with him as much about Enochian as I would have liked we actually did a whole segment on the heptarchia but before we recorded because I was like I really want to talk with the heptarchia air about the heptarchia Aaron and he's like oh well you know it's interesting because this I'm like yeah and it's also because of this and then we got next thing we knew it's like 15 minutes later yeah we weren't recording yet at all and I was like (laughs) oh we'll remember that four hours later we didn't even have a chance to touch on it right right unfortunately he and i have the golden dawn in common to a degree that most people don't and that just of course opened up so many avenues of in-depth conversation that couldn't be squandered by talking about some form of magic as you know uninteresting as enochian yeah he i actually (laughs) just listened to that before uh before I, i reached out and um and I was uh, I was thinking I did want to like mention Aaron. I heard him on another podcast before this, before listening to yours, and he was on uh, Justin Sledge's podcast, and he mentioned the uh, a book that I had not heard of before, and or maybe I had just very briefly seen it and just like forgotten about it. Um, Aaron was uh, one of the people I took, uh, I, I took a class from, like a recorded Enochian masterclass, along with uh, Jason Augustus Newcomb and Scott Stenwick. And one of the, he must have mentioned it there too, and that's probably the faint bell that it rang yeah. in the back of my head. Yeah, Jason's moved his courses to another platform. So yes, um, and also yes. you don't have continuous activity to his courses; you only get to go through them once. So yeah, I couldn't. I was really sad that I didn't take as many notes as I should have on that course either. That of course oh. led me to, uh, you know, we did the same. That's the same same little course, which is a really great survey. If I like, it's absolutely great because you get Aaron Leach, you get Jason, and you get Stenwick. And yeah. the, the books are right up here. And they're all, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a better way for someone who's looking to get their, their find their feet under them than that. To You get just such a survey of different um, absolutely and methods. And yeah. Yeah. And I was um, one of the so he mentioned in that podcast, uh, not, you know, we're hopefully we'll all just have podcasts where we're all mentioning each other all the time. But he um, he mentioned this book called The Book of Silvered Leaves. And I'm like, that's one thing that I have not made because I'm like, you know, I try to like make, you know, you can see up here. Oh, maybe not. 
Oh, hopefully I didn't uh, screw up the video here. Yeah, there's no more. Anyway, that's all right. I'll go ahead and put it back, uh, replug it in. But anyway, um, he mentioned yeah, his book. It's not of the Sil same as the Libra Loga. It is not. And so I was, um, anyway, I was trying to show that I make the banners and all of that. Here I am again. I did not suddenly disappear from existence and speak to you from an abyss. I, uh, the, but he mentioned it, and I'm like, what is this thing? So I went back to the, um, to the diaries or the Skinner's version of the diaries. I'm like, I'm trying to see where this is. I couldn't do that, but I noticed that Aaron had written about it in. It was centered right behind your head, I think, the Enochian saga. So I looked that up and I saw it there and I was, and that's when I noted where I'm like, okay, there's the book of silvered leaves. And then from there I could got the dates and I could match it up to Skinner's copy of the diaries. And there wasn't much to it, but it is similar in structure to Libra Loga, which the, the Libra Loga has 49 leaves and all. And uh, the book of silvered leaves has 48. And I'm like, huh, what is this? So basically um, the only thing that is in the diaries and Aaron talks about it as a side quest kind of from the angel uh, Mapsama and that name means to tell the Latin version of that uh, I think it was Degelis or something like that um, I'm, Latin is not a second language of mine so I'm trying to do this from memory but you're but... in Mensa I thought you had <laughs> Latin in all languages I'm actually no longer in Mensa but uh, yeah I do I know a few languages. Bumped on here. the head or something? What's that? Yeah, maybe, maybe lost, actually did. Last time we talked, I actually did. I there's a bump right here. It's actually we saw the bruise and we're like, you got to retest. You you, you got to get out of here, buddy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, so the uh, the book of silvered leaves. I was like, well, let me try this out. Right, let me see. Try to go ahead and make it. So I go ahead and the instructions are basically like leaves which bear silver. And I'm like, so basically it needs to be stuck on there and it, so that the silver is there. Okay. And it says bind it. Well, I had already done that with Libra Loga and I just used a scrapbook, put in, you know, the, the glued silver leaf leaves and boom. Uh, and then it says, put it away in a room a separate room for two weeks and luckily we i have space enough to do that so i could do that put it in the room shut the door yeah and uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm lucky that way you know not everybody can do that but i think you've i would i would suspect even a closet would work for this to be honest it's a room that's where it's you're meant to pray according to jesus is in your closet that's right so that nobody could see it and that would be i would see why not but anyway I stuck it in there. It's, you know, where I have all my Enochian stuff, which is where I'm talking to you from right now. And, um, and I just shut the door and it was interesting because I could like feel like an, a growing energy. And also I, the, what the angel map Sama said is that um, man is not worthy to write in this book. I'm thinking, okay, let me read between the lines a little bit here. So either man will become able to write in this book after this consecration period or you know um what will be written is something to be transcribed which isn't technically writing so and it turned out to kind of be i'm guessing like a little bit of that so i'm about 28 pages in 
And let me just show this really quickly. My first thought just to say is when I heard that sentence is it's for like angels to write, you know, as angels write their signature or yeah, I guess you could maybe, maybe automatic writing or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of, uh, it sort of wound up being like that. So I'll take a quick detour. So what I was thinking about was um, having done Abermelon, I was thinking about that part in the uh, most recent translation, um, Dane translation, where he talk, they talk about you need to get some silver, and from that, whenever the um, HGA pops, the um, you're supposed to look at the silver, and from that, be able to see the angels, your holy guardian angel's sigil. So when I did that, I looked at the silver, and when I knew that it was the angel was there, you know, you have that experience. It's glorious. But you look at the um, I was looking at the silver and what I noticed is I could see it. But if you've ever seen like imagine like a pitch black night and then boom, you know, a neon light flashes at you and then it just turns off right away. That afterburn in your retinas of whatever that neon sign was. That's what I saw when I was looking at the silver. So it uh, when I was doing basically what happened was with the book of silver leaves turning back to that now um is it wasn't quite that intense but at times it was either the angel was telling me what to write whichever angel it was or i would see something in the silver enough to know what to write if that's in there so i still have more to do but what i was told initially was that okay the first 19 leaves of this book are going to have the uh, Enochian let all 21 Enochian letters. And there will be two leaves where there's going to be one side, you know, there's going to be two letters on a single leaf. And it wound up being um, the first and last letters, Gur and, or excuse me, um, Gizg and uh, Pa. And then the other one was Q and X, which are the two letters that don't appear in either the zodiacal table that I had gotten somewhere along the way during the Enochian transmission this last year, I want to say maybe a year ago, and um, or in the original John D table. They're not used in either one of those. So those two were to be together uh, in the book. So, But it, I wanted to show this really quickly. I'll try to do it briefly because, you know, we were talking about schooling before this and it was a little bit of show and tell. So let me hold this up, make sure the light is okay. Yeah. So this is the first one that came through. And obviously Gizg is there, right? As part of that, like this yeah. part right here, that's letter Gizg. And then here, I thought it was just, you know, some kind of, um, hold this a little closer, uh, more like this, it'll be easier to see. I thought it was just, you know, interesting shapes and all of that, but you can see the letter Pa there, right? As part of that overall diagram like this little that little circle comes out and then like that makes that letter enochian letter b so really each of these first 19 leaves it's either something like this which is just a specific drawing that they have and you can see the silver down here and all of that um or it was something with um you know for example here the letter enochian letter l i'll back up a little bit or ur and it's part of there's a larger thing coming through, you know, as part of something else. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what that was. And okay, so what happens after the 19? 
Well, what I discovered was that I was getting Enochian. And so, and each one of those leaves is to have uh, a 49 Enochian words on each of those. So I don't know what this will wind up being, seeing as I'm still <laughs> technically mid-ritual. Um, but one of the things the angels told me early on is take time to rest. Don't feel like you need to do all of this. Not like Loga, which is like, get it done within 40 days, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it wasn't, it, there wasn't that time pressure. But um, at times what I'm told is I'm just given the English and told to look it up in that um, like Leach's book, uh, the you know, English, that uh, Angelical Language Volume 2 which is where he has the, it's more like a uh, regular uh, language dictionary where, you know, English, English, Enochian, Enochian, and English dictionary. Um, or my, I was... My only wish, my only wish for that book is that it could be revised someday using IPA. And actually, I have just reached out to him about that. I reached out to him like about a week ago because I was I didn't I didn't want to send me a dick. I, I, I you know, <sighs> yeah. That I reached out to him. I, I did talk to him a bit offline about his books and 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 his experience with Llewellyn, um, because I've had experiences with Llewellyn uh, that obviously didn't go forward, um, um, which was I think which I thought was always which I always wondered if that was a mistake on my part, and mm. and he really has no they don't really talk to him about any of his books or like he wants to revise the secrets uh, this the the magical grimoires secrets of the magical grimoires and like uh, some of the hebrew divine names are just the wrong letters and stuff and it there's it would be a really great and they they're they don't really seem any have it to have any interest in republishing mm. or improving their most popular books which to me is very odd it's just very odd to hear but mm. then again at pantheocon they were telling writers who are pr proposing books it doesn't matter if you can write the book we have writers who will do that for you and i was like Mm. you're basically asking people to pitch their their ideas and then have them ghost written and then use their name which i guess is sort of okay but not ideal yeah i don't know if i would ever go for anything like that because you lose your own voice in the process as an author yeah, uh, never, by definition <laughs> I just put the nail in the coffin of ever working with Llewellyn now after talking about this <laughs> but uh yeah i'm not I, yeah i I, I can't speak to any of that but do do, do put a bug in uh aaron's ear because i did i did reach out and he's i'm sure he's busy with they, something they, but... they were they don't talk to him about this no no I, I meant about the ipa oh the ipa yeah and the reason why is yeah, um Ellen would have to decide that that's what's that's what was made very clear actually is that it's, he doesn't have a choice a, a say in the matter right well let, let me let me be uh, i don't want to be I, talking at a school I, I hope i'm not well, I don't want to be talking out of school either, but this is with, for me, it's about my correspondence with Aaron, just because I was oh. like, well, can I, you, can I type up your thing in IPA? And my goal was, so this'll, you'll like this idea, maybe, maybe you won't, who knows, maybe I'm being presumptuous. But uh, the idea is that, you know, you get it typed up in IPA and I know people who can like, you know, verify it and, and all of that. And then you can for, put it through. For, for listeners, IPA is the International Phonetic yes. Alphabet that you learn in 
first day of linguistics class and you have to memorize it and have to use it. And it's the thing you see on Wikipedia or dictionaries that tells you how to actually pronounce a word. Yes. Um, that's what it is for so that people listening. Don't tune sure. up. Right? <laughs> We're already going straight to like, you know, to the, to the high, high educate, higher education stuff, but yes, exactly. And, and also speech language and all of that um, pathology and all of that. So, yeah. So the goal was what I was hoping to do is to take his pronunciation because he did he worked so hard on that and create put that through a reader right down because there are web versions of readers right download that mp3 file then just upload that as like a youtube video you could have some stock image and then in the description have the entire call so put forward like all 48 spoken calls in IPA format, it's read aloud by, now it's going to be read by a computer voice. What are you going to do? But it'll all be read out that way. And the reason why I wanted to do that is that one of the people who I do, uh, I, I do Zoom scryings of the calls and I'll basically get everything you know ready to go. And then come Zoom call time, all I do is read off the call of the Aethers for like the lowest ones, like text, for example. And like the lowest three is what I do. And um, one of the part, I've only had two people who it didn't work out very well for, one of whom was a very con conservative Christian person. And I think there's a little bit of um, psychic stricture, let's put it that way, that gets put around um, your experience. And then, but there was somebody else who, she was kind of embarrassed, but then what she said was she saw me, a video, one of the YouTube videos I have of myself, like reading off the calls and sort of getting people familiar with it. And she said that she repeated it along with me and did that a few times. And then it was that night that she actually had an experience. So doing it live over Zoom didn't work, but it, she could take more ownership of it and it seemed to work for some reason. So anyway, that's a big digression about why I would like to have an IPA that way. I don't need to like worry about in the moment trying to read it off using that pronunciation i can very meticulously type everything out according to the way aaron has it but that is his call to make and he's done all the research on it and i would like permission to to have that so anyway we'll see if it we'll see if he'll go for it it's it's a it's a it would be i mean it'd be cool it'd be very useful you were right. still left with the problem of what the correct way to pronounce things is um, well yeah i mean he's done the research and it's like that's probably the closest we're ever going to get i mean unless there's a few, there's a few pr key pronunciation points where he sort of stands alone i think okay um okay you know you know with the g's like uh you know vorsk vorge you know zorge yeah. zorja versus zorga you know i'm a hard g kind of person but that's just how i've always been into it so i like you don't need to tell me that you're a hard g i knew i knew you were a hard g the moment i looked at laid eyes on you <laughs> i said watch out for this guy <laughs> yeah yeah um there's a you know there's a there's a few things i'm a i'm a i'm a big believer of the of course the psychedelic approach to pronunciation you know um which is i consider to be just use it and sometimes use it with mushrooms and I have yet to do that. I'm still, you'll I'm still behind. <laughs> unique experiences of the language because the letters look so similar to the shapes you see in in plant branches and 
on things when you see the the trails and the or the 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 vines of the dragon or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's your Enochian dragon level, eh? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the have the Enochian dragon level in their handbook, and we're joking <laughs> about that because, but maybe it's just that you need a, a super heroic dose or something. But no, I think there's a lot of value to be found in that, um, especially since we know Dee and Kelly were into entheogens. Um, yeah, I, I was listening to that part. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was that was wild and and i think when aaron mentioned you know doing that uh, you know doing it on lsd i'm just like that's that's next level but you've you've had experience with that right i've never done lsd with but but like dmt right um mostly mostly psilocybin um okay. oh, oh with yeah with 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 the the dmt work i did i was focused on um i wasn't doing a no can at all i was focused okay. on which of the advanced magical techniques I've learned as a golden dawn adept had any impact in the, in, during the, uh, in hyperspace whatsoever. Some of them, the ones I thought would just like, it was like having something sort of bitch slapped out of your consciousness, like, you know, going up and then it's like, you know, it's gone. It's like, that does not transfer up here. It like, mm -hmm. that's gone. And it's just ripped out of your consciousness. And then you're left there floundering, enjoying the show and then some things really did work and i was able to utilize them to move between places more easily than i was without them and so that was that was worth the 22 experiments i did i figure and nice. uh, taking a very long break from all entheogens since then i did a few a few mushrooms on my birthday last year but nothing since um just okay. because I'm a sober, I like sober magic. I like establishing the sober baseline. The reason I think it's mostly interesting when I report entheogenic magical experiments is because I didn't uh, um, uh, recreationally use as a kid or a young adult at all. And so yeah. I think it's quite interesting. I, well, most people were getting that out of their system. I was getting magic into my system in a completely sober, not even drinking at all, like yeah. the whole time. Never and that was wise. Nothing. I have no, to say well, that's that's a that's a you don't know what's do which is it which. Was wise. I did it because my parents raised me to think that anyone who did that stuff should be executed. Ooh. Yeah, very harsh. <laughs> anti. Yeah, my dad would just like walk around the streets with me, and if he saw someone smoking series, like I wish I had a gun, I could just shoot that guy in the head. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, hardcore take on it. At the time, I just thought it was normal. Like these people are all evil, and we're the good people in an evil world. And this yeah. is how you know this was the sort. Of, and I thought it was all tied to our Maharishi transcendental meditation world, and it kind of was. I mean, they yeah. also think homosexuality is uh, is unnatural. So there are those those beliefs in those things. Mm. Well, that's that's too bad. Oh well. It's a, at least as an adult, you get to change your mind. Yeah. You know? Well, it, you know, obviously I grew up and found out my dad's just nuts, you yeah. know, and none of that yeah. stuff was, 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 uh, because of that, you know, he just had issues. He has issues. Yeah. Get him a magazine rack. Wasn't that Janine Garofalo's line? He has issues. <laughs> so yeah. Now that we've established that IPA is an alphabet and not a kind of beer. Yes. Well, I just think it would be cool to so that people could just rehearse that online and I wouldn't need to worry about like recording that, trying to read it off because you're going to make mistakes, whereas you can a machine reader is going to not do that. Yeah. With a, yeah. with a language that nobody speaks except 
exceptionally nerdy people or people who are huge fans of the show Supernatural. And even then it's the Golden Dawn pronunciation. So Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, but that show had someone who at least knew their stuff. Yeah, I was impressed. There was like only one episode where they didn't do actual Enochian, but ever since then they were they yeah. they stuck to a version of Enochian. And it, part of me wonders if that's why the the show lasted. It's the longest it was the longest running. It's it is the longest the it holds a record for the longest running horror show on TV, which is like crazy yeah. if you think about it. You What's should that? Go, you should uh you should uh go to the 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 at URL www.occult.consulting. <laughs> reference to my work on Supernatural as a consultant. Nice. That is interesting. Yeah, I had some really good conversations with Misha about the wow. end. Wow. And of course, the ending that he ran by me uh, to get my opinion as a theologian on uh, got renewed because it was so good. They were like, oh, let's do another year. And then they had another fake ending because it just kept caught, kept going on and on. So the ending I was consulted on was where, you know, the 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 end story of God in the darkness. And I won't say more because I don't want to spoil it for people who don't quite realize yeah. how good that show is. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. I will my my wife will flip knowing that she were consulted. Oh, on there's that a show. couple of pictures of me on it with Misha because you know we we met up for some pints and talked it out. Um, a lot of my friends in town are on that show. Um, my buddy Ryan was the guy in the hotel who was like goes in, checks in in the last season and gets like killed and possessed. And that's like a good buddy of mine. I just gave him my my chainmail helm a, a little while ago and all my fencing gear when I went off of my my travels so oh, that's awesome that is yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah, and I've, wow I've, I've gotten i've run into the, the the boys a few times but only one hammered and apparently my friends say that i just was a little handsy <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, there's there's so much their muscles are so much bigger in real life than on the oh screen. oh yeah oh yeah and and, and jensen got really jacked for the boys too he got like super huge necessarily so apparently <laughs> yeah i saw i saw some well I he, mean, he was he used to go to open mics that i would go to when he was first starting out in here and that's that's why it's such a interesting sort of scene in vancouver yeah yeah that's it's one of the cities i thought about migrating to but you know who it's, knows it's not bad if you don't mind living in one of the most expensive places in the world i know that's a, that's the downside but but, but um, you know yeah what anyway. are you gonna do Okay, well, nice. It was fun detour, but what did you want to talk about next? I mean, I think I don't have much to, else to say about the Book of Silvered Leaves, except they're like the messages are um, sometimes they're about something personal. Uh, sometimes they're about, you know, more typical, like, you know, be grateful and, you know, admire the glory of God and all of that, those sorts of, you yeah, know. So, so more... maybe you could just what was the point by point process you went through with the book of silver leaves? If someone wanted to, yeah. you know, so if they if wanted to copy to it, it, well, I can snip this out and throw yeah. it on, on the tube and then people can see, sure. Oh, do these things. Cause it's going to be a while before yeah. you have a book out on it or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I've, uh, I'm at some point I will, but yeah. So the, the process is, you know, you're supposed to make a book, you're supposed to bind it. And it's supposed to be made of leaves that are seven inches by eight inches. Um, and that, so for a perimeter of 30, much like the 30 aethers or 30 degrees of a zodiac and all of that. 
Um, and you're also supposed to, um, I didn't, it doesn't say that in the instructions, but I'm assuming that it's much like Libre Logas, supposed to be paper that is virgin, i.e. hasn't been written on yet and all of that. And you're supposed to make sure that they bear silver and it doesn't say how they're supposed to bear, bear silver. I just got some silver leaf and I quartered it and I just put a little square in the um, corner of each of those. And as far as binding it, I guess that's up to the user's discretion. But I took the same approach that I did with um, Libre Logat. I wanted to make sure that it would be something that, you know, 100 years from now, it's not going to get much damage from being handled that much, except for me. You know, it was, it was a little foolish because I put it, put the paper in, I taped it off, and then it's like, oh, duh, I'm going to have to take it out and then write on it and then put it back in, which is what wound up happening. So at any rate, you, I used a scrapbook because a, a scrapbook is a book. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't overthink these things. And you're supposed to put it away um, in a room for two weeks. And, you know, you know, ideally you would live locked the door. I didn't need to do that. Um, I kept on feeling like the energy growing uh, from that room. It eventually encompassed like the whole house. And there's other, some other subtle effects too. And I haven't, I haven't rushed getting through it. I think I'm about 28 pages or I've I've almost finished the 28th leaf. Um, but I'm noticing that uh, it's almost like the, um, it's almost like if you, you know, are do, have finished the aethers, if you could imagine being able to take that and like push it into your, your consciousness and your physical reality more or less kind of at will. There's a little bit of that that's coming through as I'm getting that, as I, as I continue the process. So it's wild. It's uh, not what I expected, but it's almost like it's the lunar equivalent to the solar uh, Libra Loga, the solar Libra Loga. So there's this interesting, um, it's, it's, it feels more down to earth and literally it is, you know, it's like you can take that same heavenly etheric energy and instead of like you yourself going up, like I feel with Libra Loga, you do and Jebafal definitely instead heaven is more like coming down to you and you're getting, uh, you know, heaven, a place on, you know, if, uh, heaven, making heaven a place on earth uh, to the delight of Belinda Carlisle fans everywhere. So, oh, sorry, the sound went out. Also you, sort you. of like working from, from Lil to Tex. Kind of, yeah, but it's more like, imagine it, like, well, there, there is, this is one of the things that I do. Part of the process that I do, I, I'm, I'm going all out when I'm doing this. So I make sure that I'm getting as heavy as, as an intense of an Enochian energy as I can. So I'm reading off like rows 21 through 26 of um, of Libra Loga, that first, the leaf 1A, and just trying to like get as much angelic energy. Laren Leach talks about how you're bringing in, um, you're basically calling forth good angels when you're doing that. And I kind of want some help, you know, so you're trying to do that. So I, and at, at any rate, it's, it is like you're, it's more like, so So one of the things that I do is I actually will read off the call to the Aethers, but instead of to a particular Aether, I say Lil, uh, I, I use the letter A from 
uh, you can find this online, the Holy Nokian Dictionary from AOM. I forget what that stands for off the top of my head. I think it's Greek, uh, uh, but at any rate, uh, they use that, that letter A to mean to stand for either in or with. And to me, that's fine. You know, I don't, I know that the intention that I'm send, sending out is probably going to cover it. And I'm on good enough terms with the angels. They kind of know what I mean, but I'll read off that call to the aethers. So Lil Atex od Tex Alil. So Lil within Tex, it's like the cobs and the coup and, and all of that. So I'm trying to say, I want the heavenly to be as close to the earth as possible. But I also want to acknowledge that earth, you know, as above, so below, but also as below, so above. So I'm literally trying to say that. So I think, and that's kind of how I was guided to do like what I had done already for Enochian channeling, except now I'm going to get that same energy when I'm trying to channel forth the message in the book and get good automatic writing going. Mm. Do you want yeah. to just show another picture? Uh, 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 yeah. I can I can show like what some of the some of like one that's um, recently written. One of the things like there are like little subtle things, but this is where they transition from this page. And by the way, you know, the angel said, "Don't worry if you need to scratch something out." It's uh, one of the things I tell people with Ninokin is acknowledge your humanity up front. It's going to go a lot easier for you if you instead of being OCD. Oh, if I didn't follow this rule, if I wasn't perfect, blah blah blah. But it's like um, I'm told in advance you know, sort of, I, I'll either like get the first word or I'll get something and then it, it just goes. I'm told this one, blah, 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 blah. And some, you know, I'm not like, I'm not fluent in Enochian, okay? And occasionally I will get an, an extra word and be told what that translation is, but it's rare. Um, and I have to acknowledge that I'm not Edward Kelly. I could just be a guy who is doing this thing and getting what he thinks is, you know, and be wrong. And that's okay, you know, but you have to trust your own experience enough and just say the intent is there and you can like worry about that out the nines. But I feel like I'm pretty, I feel like you don't want to, you don't want to get stuck in, well, I think we talked about this before, before we recorded, you don't want to get stuck into art. You don't want to make sure you have like the perfect thing and, and have the information, you know, the some pure perfect information when instead you're going for the, like this understanding and this overall vibe of the supernals. And it seems like this is trying to bring the supernals and specifically Keter down into the sub super into the, uh, you know, yeah. lower, the lower Sephiroth directly. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. I'm glad yeah. you, you mentioned to odd again, because it would be nice to talk for a bit about the relationship of Enochian and the tree of life and the spherot because yeah. um it's it's sort of a it, it's definitely i mean i think it you could de debate whether that counts as neo enochian or not um or it's, it's certainly it's certainly golden dawn enochian right the golden dawn yeah brought the, yeah. the tree of life into the enochian world whereas i don't think john d really looked at things sephirotically okay i got to say something about this I think people way overhype how much uh, Kabbalah was a available to John D at the time and B how much he, he knew. I don't think he knew that much about Kabbalah at all. I got to be honest. I think he knew there was an association with numbers and letters, but if you read the Monas hieroglyphica, the dude is basically just getting excited and doing his own version of Kabbalah to these letters. 
but there's no there's no association with 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 our modern like you know olive equals one or yod equals ten or anything well, like that's that. that modern. Well, I'm I mean modern to I, I, yes, you're right. Yeah. I mean what I'm saying is like what we know as Kabbalah going all the way back then. I don't think he had access to any of that. I mean, and the, the gematria that was oh, he had access to Roiklin. And, yeah. and the works of Mirandola and Ficino. He had those texts and he read those texts. And he was he was actually good enough at Hebrew that he he had some understanding of the grammar. Which yes. Honestly, is is very low praise because Hebrew grammar is, is pretty pretty basic, especially biblical Hebrew grammar. I mean, like Latin, you can sort of flip the words around, it still says the same thing. You might not translate it the same way, but that's the that's on the translator. But yeah, very flexible syntax, like almost non-existent syntax, really. Um, and that's sort of fun. But, you know, anyway, so he understood that much, I guess. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't think he had an understanding of the tree. And, and even if he did, I don't know how much we know whether that would be sort of the, the Christian Kircher tree or the more traditional yes. of, of the Jewish trees of life. Yes, and his and and in the monas in particular, I don't think that the gematria values are are you know that he does not he definitely doesn't use that there. Um, so um so so yeah, so tell uh, <clears throat> you know uh, please uh, trash the monas hieroglyphica some more. <laughs> well, I'm just saying the numerical values that he uses is like you you read it and you're like okay I get we I get he this is like I get he he enjoys the crossover between um you know numbers and letters and getting excited about that but if you actually you know the the letters do not match up like he basically at one point i think he just Browsing. basically puts what's he what he's what he has is he has he has the four the the tetragrammaton you know the yod he vav he and he assigns yod one hey two vav three and the final the final hey four it's like dude what are you doing those are not the values associated with that and you realize okay he he didn't know but he felt it was it's almost like i want to call it kabbalistish you know not real kabbalistic so i don't know yeah you know, but he but i mean he he was definitely moved by a spirit enough for a whole bunch of enochian angels to say let's begin this transmission but yeah. um but yeah i mean at least of, as of seven years prior he was not yeah, I don't think he had a good understanding. And I don't, I don't think, I mean, he may, who knows what books may have come to him. It, like, I don't know what order, you know, who knows that you'll never be able to track that down. But um, yeah, I doubt that he, I doubt. Quite a few. Go on ahead. The it would make sense. He picked up many books on the continent during his travels with Kelly. Yes. And then, of course, yes. he left and went back to England where, well, Kelly stayed in Prague. And so we don't know when he got necessarily every book. I have the catalog of his of his books but again it does there's only there's very few notations as to when he got those books yeah yeah but i can i would de i would definitely say that if you if you know experientially you know i would say that going up to zach's zach's definitely feels pretty abyssal and the experience of entering it from eek before and then getting to zip there's you know once you once you've scried eek you're in this weird space and scrying zach's you're still kind of in that space but then getting, you know, that initial scrying zip, what I noticed is that abyssal feeling is there for like the first third of the vision. 
but you need to like concentrate past it just like you had to do in Zach's and all of that. And I don't know any better way to describe that except you're concentrating, you're not being, you know, distracted by dis you know, that dispersive energy in Zach's and at the beginning of Zip. And then after, after you get past that, <clears throat> you definitely get this, um, and you could, I looked it up in the correspondence book afterwards and it matched perfectly. <clears throat> you get this vision of you know what Crowley called Babylon to me I I associated just based on how she looked it looked very it looked and felt very much like Shakti and of course boom right and you know the Bina line in 777 you know you get to the Hindu deities Shakti it's right there and so um you get that experience so I don't know how I don't know if it like matches one for one or maybe we're just trying to overlay our interpretation of the Sephirot um, who knows really, right? But I would definitely say getting up to Lil, if you've scried Lil, it's like, that's kind of union with the divine right there. You know, it doesn't well, get much. Most know. of us, I think, start with Lil and it's it's people who follow Crowley that start with Tex. Yeah, and, and I get, I wound up doing it that way. Yeah, I've worked Tex as an initial because I've worked with a lot of Thelemites and also mm -hmm. because, um, you know, one of my teachers in the Golden Dawn used to even sometimes let lower grade students practice learning to scry with text because his argument was it's the closest sort of astral realm to the physical therefore the easiest to scry and you know yes. he's one of the chief adepts of the order and it was very hard to argue with his reasoning other than to say practicai shouldn't scry aethers and you know right yeah i've i've had somebody you know um in my life who is very little magical experience and she has no problem uh, scrying texts. And I think we got through about six of the lowest aethers and then they started like locking up on her. And so it's like, okay, well, we'll I, I kind of followed the Lan My Luduket method of, okay, if it starts locking up, stop, go back, you know, re, you know, retreat a little bit, see where, you know, things might've, and it, it did seem like the higher it was getting, the harder it was getting. And so we kind of have dropped back down to like the third from the bottom bag and we try that one and, you know, it's, it's getting slightly easier each time and that, you know, it's not a rush. So. Yeah. Um, ethers are very flexible, it seems. Um, and uh, the golden dawn came up with such a great methodology of working with them. It's become more influential than even the traditional way of working with them, mm -hmm. uh, which brings us to the discussion of uh, uh, Scott Stenwick's new book. Have you checked that out yet? I, I want to start reading it, I, but I, I've listened to a little bit of his uh, episode on Praxis, so I haven't I haven't finished listening to that. But he's it's I am I am raring to to look at that, but I've you know life <laughs> has gotten in the way. But yeah, I've, yeah, he's got the whole like uh, 91 parts of the earth and, um, you know, I've tried because it's not available yet in Canada. Well, it's not. Okay. In stock. So, I mean, I'm not going to get it and then wait two months for it to come from Amazon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I, understand. I understand. I don't have time to read it right now, so it's not a concern, but I really look forward to getting it and talking with him about it because he includes both the scrying method and the, you know, influencing politics uh, traditional method. Um, yeah great i'm glad he went hardcore on the the purest method but also included well what most people think is the crowley method but it's actually the golden dawn method right yeah it was funny it's funny that she mentioned that though because one of the things 
I'm trying to like. Wait, isn't it? Is it's so odd that Crowley never told anyone that the method he was teaching them was the Golden Dawn method from Mathers? Isn't it? <laughs> isn't How, that amazing? It's so shocking. Why would he it's, not say that? It's almost like you would. Yes. You would. You, it's almost like reading seven 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 seven. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Crowley definitely had all of that just completely memorized and was totally not cribbing from Mathers, who <laughs> had started. I mean, it's like, come on, dude. But um, he was certainly good at not giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, he, you publish the thing, you got the money to publish it. I don't. I don't know. I'm Crowley. I mean, we could spend hours on him, but I. <laughs> I somebody was asking about it in the, in one of the Discord servers I'm on, and and I said, look, you know, he's somebody got to reckon with, because he the man was brilliant, okay, but he also, would I have done? Do I want to follow what he did completely? Do I like all of his philosophy? I think like, Thelema is useful in the sense that it reminded us that there's something orthogonal to just loving everybody and just following like commandments there's something there's another way which is what do you want to do and what do you and really answering that question specifically because you can follow a bunch of commandments old testament style i'm and i'm i'm sort of uh rehashing what a lot of um uh oh he did the sasatbami i'm trying to uh ramsey dukes has mentioned in one of his videos um that it's kind of like uh you know, you can, e you can either follow a bunch of commandments, you can, you know, try to, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, but also you got to remember to just do what you want to do, you know, and not necessarily get overly bogged down in something and just be able to kind of cut through that. You know, if you have a passion for something, you should be able to do that. And I think that was, to me, that's the most useful thing that the Lima has done. Yeah. Well, that's me. Very important. And, yeah. Uh, and and giving people a sense of power in their own lives is never a bad thing. Yeah, um, it's just unfortunate that he was maybe brilliant, but didn't tend to care too much about the damage he did to people. Like so, oh you, yeah, the, the brilliant sociopath is definitely an archetype in our in our dystopian culture, right? Yeah, and uh, we may look up to them a bit too much. Is is my concern, but we, we don't have to dwell on Crowley anymore. Sure. I don't sure. think. Um, especially with so many cool things to talk about, like the Sephiroth and their relationship to, or their, uh, their, the use of the tree of life. Here's a way to say it. The use of the tree of life as a map, which is how it should be used anyway, obviously, um, mm -hmm. rather than a representation of essential reality. Yikes. Stop doing that. Yeah. Not good. Not good. But although I've seen it the other way. I've seen people like, like, into, like there i've seen criticism of using the sephiroth as consciousness as opposed to using it as you know all of re as a map for all of reality it's interesting i've there's a whole bunch of takes and i the one of the things that is on my to-do list is to i've got the first volume of the zohar the pritzker translation of the zohar and i gotta start getting into that because i want to get way closer to the source material but um, one of the things I know that Aaron, who you had on recently, talks about is the, um, he talks about how when John D uh, received the, um, received like the idea of like 48 
um, calls or 40, 49 calls. There were 48 calls and then one in the center. He, he got it transmitted a little bit as like heavens. So what he did is he said, ah, okay, we're dividing this 360 degree circle of the Zodiac. And then we're going to have, instead of a 10 degrees decans and having 36 of those, we'll have seven and a half degree not decans, but, you know, and there will be 48 of those. And then the 49th will like represent the center. But what I've thought about is that the last, um, the first and second calls are so different. And I know Stenwick associates the next 16 calls. We're talking about the spoken calls here. Um, the next 16 calls with the watchtowers. And then finally, the 30 calls are obviously the calls. It's the call of the Aethers, the 30 Aethers. So going through the Aethers, I felt like, you know, it's it seems more to me like those 30 aethers, each one of those is representing like one twelfth or, you know, 12 degrees of the zodiac, each representing one degree of a zodiacal sign. And I think I talked about this, uh, uh, you know, I, when I when I talk about this, I try to think about it like once you've done that for each of the zodiacal signs and you look at like, you know, up in the sky and you take, you know, 30 degrees of a zodiacal sign. That's it. You can basically say, well, if you take a, an orange wedge and sort of pro project that out to 30 degrees, once you've done that for all 12 zodiacal signs, that's the whole universe right there. And you're basically aligning yourself to celestially the universe. And then if you get into the... Um, At least our galaxy, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it's the... If you go, if you extend that out in all directions, you know, basically, so I, um, if, if you, if you have an orange, right. And you imagine one of those, you, the, in astrology, oh, you're like projecting yeah. that out. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, right. You're extending yeah, it. Yeah. You, you, you know, this obviously, but out I'm just to infinity. Uh, yeah. Out to infinity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You get the whole universe. Yeah. And definitely in Lil, when I've scried it, it's always like a sphere, you know, it's always like, Hey, you've completed the sphere. And, um the the divine whenever i do that is always like has something to say once i get into the sphere um so at any rate that's kind of how so i don't know that i i go with the seven and a half degree thing i think that the 38ers are basically 30 degrees of the zodiac and then the rest have to do with um i i, I tend to follow i think it's stenwick or maybe it was shoemaker who talked about um the first key being invocation, the second key being evocation. I just use both every time I'm doing well, yeah, cause anything. We, well, you see, that's where I don't like Shoemaker. And okay. <laughs> because, the, hey, welcome the, to the Defining He removes one of the defining features of, Eno of the entire Enochian system. Like one okay. of the defining features of it is that it's not invocation nor evocation. It's something else. And then when, so when you reduce it to that, You've just cut out something that is literally unique about it. And why would you cut out the literally unique aspects of anything? It seems absolutely mind-bogglingly stupid to me. So do you think like um, the you could go with like then the, the unspoken call and then calls one and two would be like a Trinitarian kind of thing? Well, I just, well, you're, ask, it's, you're asking, it seems like you're asking a couple questions there. Yeah, I kind of am. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, we can we can definitely go say. I mean, I mean definitely the, the angels were big on the Trinity. They did they did mention that at, at right. least when it came to leave. Right. I'm not I'm not so uh, sure how that affects the calls, but as far as invocation and evocation goes, it's just it doesn't really apply to the Enochian system. 
what, it, what are calls one and two for do you think well we we conjure the angels right right um it makes sense to use the calls for the conjuration um you know i've i've found i've never found an instance where things were more effective by just using the first call hmm interesting so I do That's like the idea of having, if you have a scryer present and you're, you know, if there's two magicians working, then have you each do one of them. That's a very cool idea. And, uh, and I, we've never tried it when me and my buddy get together and one of us scries, cause we often sort of switch, switch hit a bit because, you know, he's trying to develop his scrying skills better. And for me, I have that in spades. So it's not a problem for me to do that. And if he gets stuck, he does what he can. Then we switch places and the waterfall opens um and then he records it and we record well we film now because we're we're looking for phenomena as well and damn it we found some you know like yeah well, we hear we've got we've got recording of voices speaking what sounds very similar to enochian when we're not talking nice so, nice and uh what's really interesting about that recording is it's the only one that won't, won't of the of the five clips from that one session so five clips over one for one session and it's on one clip and that's the only clip that won't convert so i can still <laughs> say it but i can't convert it and every time i try and do something with it it's like it 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 fries yeah it's odd so Angels. we're just going to keep doing it and keep you know we're not going to release any of this work for like 10 15 years because this is our is me and my best friend and we're just going to keep doing whatever with whatever we want to do uh, sure. for enjoyment. yeah i've seen i've seen stuff like that i've seen there was a time when there was something behind the great table that i was it was like a, a divider a, a modesty divider that i forget what you call this but anyway um and i it happened to be that the holy table was in front of that and there was this big like you know circular you know you know aura right at the corner of the table and yeah. another one at the other one i'm like what is this and then i tried taking a picture on purpose again it doesn't show up i'm like what is this and it wasn't it had nothing to do with lighting or anything like that and this wasn't like you know you know a picture on film and you get some artifact that way this was just on an iphone so it's like what's going on here there's no flash or anything like that so you yeah. just get these weird things and you can't you know, the angels have their prerogative about how much they want to show, I guess. More things than heaven and earth. Yeah. Yeah. So where did the idea come from that the first call with that One of the calls is used for invocation and one's used for evocation. Is I want to, I want to, I, I, th I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily ascribe it to him, but I think I remember on Praxis behind the obscure that Shoemaker mentioned that and i know that ryan has reported getting better results and i feel like i'm getting better results but maybe by using maybe, just one of the calls but uh, i use i use one and two and then like if i'm going into an aether i'll dive into an aether or if i'm gonna you know call on the watchtower angels i'll you know dive into the appropriate watchtower calls for that so yeah i mean that's yeah. i i mean otherwise i'm wondering what they're for you know the two calls the first two calls i mean well, yeah, that's just doing, been my experience. For the, I don't. Yeah, obviously, as, as you can tell, I don't contest the value value of using them. They're they're yeah. essential, I think. But I contest the idea that one's one's for invocation, one's for evocation, because that's fair. There's no evidence in the Enochian system that it there that, that that's how it works. Right. There's. Yeah. I mean, I guess not, conceptually, I like it, but maybe maybe experientially, it's it's just working out well. And so I just chalk it up to that. Um but maybe it's just like a multiplier or something. I don't know. What what really is weird to me is like so because you're you're seeing them in a crystal, 
but you're also standing on the seal. Yeah, you can do it that way. I just close my eyes. <laughs> right. But, but what I mean is when you're standing on a seal. Right. Right. You're not putting their seal into a triangle and evoking right. them in or outside of the circle. They may show right. crystal. I got it. it the spirits, whenever you call spirits, invoke spirits at all, they tend to go towards a crystal or whatever's in the middle of the shape altar, whether it's due to the nature of the stone, the ritual work, or the geometric shapes. Who knows? I've I've got theories, of course, but I don't know. Yeah, it was. It's fun. You know, it's it fun trying to get a model. Who pointed out that it's neither invocation nor evocation. And in case people are curious, where I'm where I'm getting that analysis from, it's 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 in here. It's in it's in Skinner's thing. Yeah. So anyway, we can. No, move. that's interesting. No, I like I like that, and I'll have to, you know, like. Uh, I, I will have to like reconsider that. Like maybe it's just more of a multiplier and I haven't used, I haven't actually tried to make that distinction yet. I'm just going full bore trying to <laughs> trying to get through all this stuff. It's a really fun uh, thing that people could experiment with on, um, very simply without getting yeah. too much. Right. You know, just Absolutely. those first two calls doing different things. Um, yeah. If you wanted to, I guess it would be, it almost makes sense to say then, like if if it were the case that one thing would that one that one of the calls is invocation and the other is evocation, you'd expect then that one would be more appropriate for the kings of the heptarchy and the other more appropriate for the princes. So you could then run like whatever if you're more of a uh, an empiricist by heart, you could definitely try that out and see if the um, see if one call multiplies or in, increases the probabilities of the princes but not the kings and then That's interesting. The, the reverse is true like yeah yeah all i can say is that like the operations me and my group have done with just one of the calls just didn't seem it was it just wasn't yeah it wasn't wasn't as good as using both the calls yeah yeah uh, i like i like using them so I'm I'm gonna keep yeah. definitely gonna keep using them, but it, I will have to rethink if the if the model there is correct. But anyway, I'm... yeah, I wouldn't make any any real statements or determinations of towards uh, you know assessing for results um, in the way I'm operating now either because I'm not operating in a full temple uh, with the proper you know table and all that uh, all the time. So so the times where I'm doing it you know, in a, in a, in a partial way or in a golden dawn way, it's like, you know, that's why I don't think it's good to extrapolate rules from one's experience, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what your diary's for. Write it down, move on, keep trying things out, keep doing things differently. And most importantly, build your relationships with the spirits. Cause that's what it's all about at the end of the day. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's key. Cause you know, they'll start showing you stuff. Um, and it's funny, the, uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the article or not, but we can, yeah. we can, yeah, let's, maybe let's shift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me, I can give a, it, well, it actually sort of is, is in that vein that because some of those, uh, the things that I wrote about there, it was actually during Jebba fall, which is, I can't believe it's almost a year and a half now that I finished that up. Wow. That was a long time. Um, but one of the things that the angels actually pointed me was to investigate this, that, and the other thing about the actual system when I'm in the middle of like this huge, like, uh, you know, 49 day ordeal. Yeah. 
and um, that one, what I, what's interesting is that getting, because I was on good terms with them and I was doing this intense thing, I think that along the way they would like drop, Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. And actually give, like, I can't take credit for like um, some of the stuff that um, I wrote up. Uh, so let me just give a quick background about what the article is. So it's basically like, if you don't know anything about Enochian, if you don't know anything about, you know, medieval angels, and if you don't know anything about math, the math or astrology that's associated with them, I try to like give a quick overview that it, you could probably read the article. It's You're not going to get everything the first time, but if you read it, reread it a few times, you would kind of get a handle on some of the basics of you know why why Enochian one of the one way in which Enochian is a big rabbit hole, um, but one of the things that the angels did mention during it, it's not Jebafal proper. I don't want to ever make that you know be be er, so arrogant as to say well this is what Dee and Kelly did. It's not um, because I'm using the whole system that they had. I'm just I'm basically working off what I am pretty sure is a, 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 a an unpl a pre published chapter that. Leach has on his blog, or at least on the Kef seven 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 blog, um, that where he talks about Jebafall and like maybe a way to try to recreate it. So at any rate, that's what I did. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, in, don't even know if D and Kelly did that ritual, right? Is I it? don't. Yeah, we don't know, right? We have no idea, but we do know that it seems as if anyway that that Logal was perfected in the sense that they transcribed it where, but it's not entirely clear um, from yeah. it's like the angels get started. With How the much next do phase. we wish we had those burned? Oh man. Oh man. It's like, it's like the Nag Hammadi. You, you know. get to eat the pies that they lie. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Diving deep into the practices and reality tunnels of the esoteric and the occult, check out Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, where I interview practicing occultists, do book reviews, and much more. Check us out on YouTube, Red Circle, and many other podcast platforms. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. You know, meanwhile, there's somebody who's, you know... Well, I don't. I don't want to start getting. Imagine that old mage. Just that mage. Just, I'm just making you another poem, ma'am. There we go. <laughs> oh, look! It's the correct way to use Jebafel and Loga. Oh well, I can't read anyway. So here's your mince tart. Who knows, right? Like uh... that is an accurate British accent to the Elizabethan time.
I'm I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. The but channel. um you did. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> hey, that's that's the only way you can get the missing pages is through the ghost of the of the scullery maid during the pages <laughs> because she would have seen them and the not I got maybe you should maybe but yeah I I forgot that I forgot that a long time ago that's what she'd say <laughs> it's left left us with a uh, the chance to make our own Enochian grimoires based on the the rubrics of the system that have been left for us absolutely it's like we're all participating you know how there's all the different copies of manuscripts of the Key of Solomon or of every manuscript there's all these different recensions and versions well what we're doing now is creating those versions absolutely. And, and, hundreds of years from now theoretically um you know yeah yeah and that's... that as you know recensions and various you know they it's like you know and what if the d information was lost then it would be like the high grammantia where it's like we have this there might have been other texts it was based on but we don't have them right yeah. and then there's a whole tradition of solomonic magic from the high grammantia onward leading up to goetia etc and uh so like, yeah, we're at this, we're part of the formative stage of this grimoire tradition of Enochian magic, which is so cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing like to think that very little was out there and it's like more and more and more somehow like leaks through and then it all of a sudden, you know, through the work of Leech and, and you know, Jones and all that. Nice. I knew him well, York. <laughs> Cracking open a not skull vodka, because that was like that was da that's Dan Aykroyd's bit, right? Yeah, so we should we should give him a shout out it's for water being so... from Newfoundland. Go Dan Aykroyd. Uh, it's a wonderful vodka with Newfoundland water, and uh, it's just too expensive for me to buy up in Canada. It's a hundred dollars a bottle up here. Um, Ouch! Again, everything's a hundred dollars a bottle up here, at least. Um, mm. Things are crazy. Things are crazy. Yeah, like most things have gone up by ten dollars in the last few yeah. months. Like yeah. that. Like, so it used sounds to be about right. Now it's thirty. Um, yeah, but fortunately, yeah. our wages haven't gone up. So, yeah, I understand. Um, so we look I at understand. the document itself uh, while you. Yeah, talk sure. About it because this is public, yeah, but uh, but people don't have access to the journal it's published in. The, yeah, they don't have access, but I was allowed to reprint it. So you can go to you know King Dot Today and you can search for. Oh, I, you okay. can just search reprint. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that's it's on, uh, on Enochian Dot Today. Yes, yes. So you can just search for that. So the idea of this is just to try to, I, I break it down into 10 parts. I always like parts, you know, growing up as a kid, you just worry about, oh, I got to read all this. Well, I can read this chapter. I can read this part and then I'll get it right. So it's basically an overview of like, what's going, what is Enochian, but having to give some background about like the classical elements of you know back in back in the antiquity and the and the you know zodiacal signs and all of that now just to just to give people some background you published this for a select assortment of intense Enochian magicians uh no i i did I, I basically wrote this so that a general reader could be able to uh to figure it out and and understand it even if they don't didn't have any background in magic that was basically what i wanted the, what I wanted to write this for. Yeah. But um, I wanted to just briefly mention, so uh, the- I failed to bait you into saying what you know I wanted you to say, but we're <laughs> no, not, I'm not going there. To. We're not gonna do that. We're not Your gonna do that. You're really strong, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
so anyway, the whole idea is to basically there were a couple of things that I realized about um, what was the, some of the structure or the the odd imbalance the structure of um, the uh, of three parts of the system. So one of these was the um, the assignment of the uh, ensigns on the holy table. So there are seven of those, and those are each planetary in nature. And you can see here the um, the layout. And I just basically very simply put, you know, you can see Venus at the top and Mercury in the lower left, you know, all of that. Did they only give one uh, set of correspondences and placements in the diary or were there... I would, uh, this, is, this is where my knowledge is, is not perfect. Um, I would need to, I believe that, I believe that they did. I think it was just one. Yeah. This would be, I'm pretty it sure it's slowing through. Light. There's no, it's nice when there's only one, cause we don't debate it. Like unlike the watch out, which is a night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where's the, where's the recenza for the, ascend, for the, uh, uh, for the ensigns. No more, no more. Yes. Please. None please. of, none of those. But so the idea is like, um, I'm pretty sure it's Sloan 3188 is where you would check that if you're, if you're going to go deep dive into that. Um, but, I did not I did not like go back and perfectly check everything. I just am like, okay, I know this. I'm gonna like just stick with this. But if you um let me move this over on my screen. So so uh the one thing I noticed that kind of bugged me as an astrologer, as a budding astrologer, by the way, I just passed level two of my certification exam. I got two more yes. to go. Whoop whoop. Um so what I noticed is that this order is off, right? In the sense that usually things follow what's known as the Chaldean order, which is the planets from uh, you, from slowest speed to fastest speed. So we're talking about Saturn, then Jupiter, then Mars, the Sun, Venus, Mercury, and then um, uh, the Moon. So I noticed that was off. So I had to think about, well, why that would be. And that was one thing that I noticed that you had to pull in a, like a lot of this combination of, of some, some astrological terms, three different things that all of which basically led me to say, okay, the angels prefer uh, the night sect to the day sect because they flipped everything around. And that's what you can see here. Hmm. So it all has to do with like, if you flip the um, Zodiac, uh, there, or there's this thing known in, in astrology. Let me back up here. So astrology sort of, you know, it has the zodiac. So you got the signs of the zodiac along the, the path that the sun takes uh, throughout the day, which is known as the ecliptic. So, um, and you start from, you know, the vernal equinox you go to, or the spring equinox you go, you know, you got Aries, you got Taurus, Gemini, et cetera, all, and they make this big circle around the earth, right? And if you were to take that and just fold it about uh, the Aries Libra axis, and you were to flip planets according to whether or not they're exalted or not, or their exaltation placements, but only if they're of the day sect, which is to say the Sun, Jupiter, and uh, Saturn, then you actually can figure out okay, the angels are actually saying, these placements are exalted placements, which kind of makes sense because we're talking about 
God and the heavens and all of that, but they're flipped if they are of the day and instead they're they're we're gonna do this weird thing where we flip them according to in their plate in their orders uh in that in the sky according to exaltation so each planet has a place in which they are said to be exalted so the sun is exalted in aries the moon is exalted in taurus the saturn in libra etc so you can see it in the visual if you're if you're watching the video version here um but at any rate if not you can look it up like I did, or you can go, to, I have a version of this. You can actually look at the reprint article on my blog. But basically it's sort of explaining why things are off from the Chaldean order and instead saying, the angels are giving you a version of the exaltation scheme, but they're just flipping it a little bit selectively depend if uh, based on if the planet is seen during the day. And I'm not sure why that is. I know that um, uh, Jason Louv, you know, we talked about him a little bit offline. But he argues that um, the Aethers are initiation into Bina. Okay, I mean, that's one way to get there if you if you are going through the Aethers. And I think I mentioned Shakti earlier and all of that. And that's his model. It's a popular way to yeah. see it, I think. And, I, you know, I'm very, very sympathetic to Louvre seeing things that way. Because, like, yeah. you know, the 50 Gates yeah. of Bina, like, magicians have been looking for a way to play that out in ritualistic terms for a very very long time yeah and i, think and I, I tend to agree did. I, i'm not sure though because unfortunately uh we've we've still not translated abulafia even and right maybe it's in there i don't know um, yeah if there's one book on there that i've thought about getting but it's just on amazon it's just like eh, i don't know if i have time for the you know you you that's the problem with with getting into magic or you know and especially with an academic bent you can like keep trying to get all <laughs> these things in there so anyway, that was like one thing. Yeah, you spend and, like 20 grand and it's a drop in the bucket of the books you need. Yes, yes. I'm very careful. I'm, I'm wanting to keep my library down to what I call a travel size. And by travel <laughs> size, I mean uh, travelable in a, in like a U-Haul. Yes, Whereas yes, before, I was going to say. Before I had everything <laughs> stolen from me, my library was, wait, it was so large. That you could never travel. I don't even think you could have traveled with it. You would have had, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, right? So yeah. obviously I wish I could have sold it off and paid for medical expenses, but such is life. Um, keeping it down to travel size, I think is, is a good thing. We're working size. What do you need to work with? Like, you know, so if you, if I don't use a book anymore, fucking don't need it. Sell that shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem too. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm getting addicted to eBooks. It's just like, it's just, easier and hopefully hopefully the company that sells it to you will exist in 30 years you know but oh did you hear about um the the like prime video and all these online providers that we watch our shit on they're all they're there's they're stealth removing the movies that you buy from them so if you bought yeah, them, stealth yeah. Removing it, motherfuckers yeah. i'm like i was about to throw out a box of my last dvds and guess what i didn't do you <laughs> <laughs> it out. I was like, yeah. no way. Like these might yeah. be the only movies at some point in my life that I ever get to see again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, I really that companies can do what they want, right? But they shouldn't be allowed to do whatever they want. Sometimes they don't, but you know, isn't that power, right? Power is what you can get away with. So I've 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 realized that, you know, I was, you know relatively political back in the early aughts and uh, i realized that it's like okay 
you know, that's kind of, yeah, I think that's, his, and uh, I forget which historian it was, probably Beschloss, but maybe it was Dickerson. Anyway, this whole idea of restraint and how presidents, the uh, most presidents have followed some degree of believing in, some degree of believing in restraint. Uh, a, a couple of exceptions, including one very recent exception uh, to that rule. But, you know, that's sort of, you realize that, you know, at least in the, you, you know, I I can't speak to with, you know, perfect understanding of the Canadian system, but I can say that in American system, the whole checks and balances, that it's reinforcing this idea of restraint and, you know, keep it, making sure that you're not going too far any given direction. But anyway, I forgot why I got off on that tangent. <laughs> oh, I'm glad but, you did because, I mean, first of all, when I talk with you, and this, I'm really glad we finally, it's been too long. It's been too long. I know, brother. Um, I know. You know, what can I say? Uh, the world opened up a bit and uh, I've been enjoying, you know, being able to live and uh, go do things in this beautiful, beautiful place I live. So Good. that's been awesome. That's been awesome. I got some cool, I, I'm working on a, a musical with like uh, a musician who's, you know, got the chops and, and the fame to pull it off uh you know nice so though we haven't started hardcore work yet but it's uh undergoing i would say more about it but it's just so 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 beginning but it's cool yeah. to be involved in a musical project again and i don't really uh you know especially one that isn't like a band a, a gigging band it's nice to be working on something that's you know just uh yeah that's very that's cool. awesome it, 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 yeah it's the kind of thing that could be easily performed like at like Waldorf schools or Masonic halls, like, you know, license to them for them to perform it and they can do, put it on something like, I don't know. I shouldn't even, Absolutely. Talk about it, but what can I say? It's so nice to actually, last time we spoke, I was just so full of vitriol about the situation of the world and, and what it had done to me and my family's lives. Now I'm just excited about the fact that there's at least opportunities opening up again. And even if they haven't all taken form, it's like there's possibility again, whereas for almost three years there was nothing but despair it's been hard it's been hard i mean i don't i don't i think it's important to to sort of reflect that you know we're all kind of we've all kind of gone through a pretty traumatic experience and i think it's good if we can during these times especially you know to to make sure that we open ourselves open our hearts up you know that's sort of been my main goal with with Enochian and it's it's weird as a solo practitioner just like well what are you gonna do you know you don't I I haven't I know I know enough about the Golden Dawn you know I, I basically cut my teeth on modern magic by Donald Michael Craig so I know like you bits didn't. and pieces but I haven't I haven't done what you've done which is like this big thing so I've you try to find your own way and eventually you realize for me at least it's very important to to make sure that the heart is addressed and given its due. And I think it's hard when times are, you know, we're, 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 we've been watching like the rings of power. And so that caused us to watch rewatch fellowship of the ring. And so speaking of, of uh, that, which shall not be, not be named, but um, we're rewatching that. I can't, I can't even comment, <laughs> but we're rewatching that. And it, you realize like the thing that keeps, Tolkien's story going because I did actually read the books. I, I have, I definitely can't say I've done that for every TV show or movie adaptation I've watched. But hey, for those that did, more than the creators of the show, 
סיכוי. זינג, בזינגה. הארפוטס And I liked, um, though I thought they were really nasty, like I sort of liked the idea of them, of proto-hobbits. I thought that could be fun. But then they turned yeah. them like vicious idiots. Like, yeah. like okay, okay, oh, sure. Yeah. And I loved the Gandalf guy. I did love it. I'm like, fine, fucking shoot him in a comet. And he's saying all Gandalf lines. And then they're like, he's Sauron. It's like. Oh, spoiler alert! Shit, we should. Yeah, have... oh, fuck it. Everyone's seen it. Everyone. It's been out. It. It's been out. You Everyone's know, and, and, and yeah, yeah. If you're if you're yeah. way more than an hour into the but show, then, and we've that was we've so already... insulting to our intelligence. <laughs> like you literally have him saying Gandalf's lines, and not Gandalf's lines from the books. Gandalf's lines from Peter Jackson's movie. Right. Right. What the fuck are you doing, <laughs> idiots? So I don't know. But uh, but the anyway, things, I... the things I liked in it. Are the things that they all said we knew you wouldn't like this is like no those are the things i like it's the other things that you think that i like that i don't like yeah it's it's anyway i just wanted to say i like the the fact that follow on you the mentioned heart, the, 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 the i know the i know it's tough it's the, tough the, when you bring this stuff up because you want to say everything it's like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i liked i liked the emphasis on on the the heart you know and that was always the books had heart and so i think getting into magic you know i think if that's if it's not doing something to make you more whole and to focus on the heart and, and all of that yeah i mean you're gonna eventually get there you're gonna go the hard way <laughs> yeah. so that's what i found but anyway So a couple, I talk about a couple other things. I won't get too into the, into the weeds there, but like one of the things that was weird is let's get into the servient angels. Yeah. Like what yeah, is that? Right? The Kings, which was the theme of the proposed theme of this. That's all right. We can, we can, we'll, we'll, Serving, we'll touch on both. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll wrap up with servient angels and Zodiacal Kings. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on the Zodiacal Kings. So, What I noticed with that is that exaltation and so the, the two main there, there's this idea known in astrology as essential dignity of a planet. So basically the planet is happier based on certain places in the zodiac that it is at any given time. So if it, the sun, for example, is in Aries, it's exalted. And if it's in Leo, it is in domicile. It's 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 at home. So the only two forms of essential dignity that apply to a whole sign are those two, exaltation and domicile. And so when I noticed the zodiacal kings, I noticed that they showed up in the, um, you know, associated with the governors and the parts of the earth in a weird, completely imbalanced way. So like Pisces is uh, the, the, one, the king for Pisces, I think that's Arfeolge, he shows up like 15 times. It's like, what? Compared to like, you know, obviously if you divide 91 by 12, that's a little imbalanced if you got one king showing up 15 times and others that show up like seven or five or whatever. And I realized that, again, this sort of came back to 
this idea of essential dignity or of uh, of um not of 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 exaltation and and domicile and what i realized is that there's this pattern that basically if you add up now let me see if i can pull up the my version of the reprint here to find it i don't want to lose this train of thought so what I realized is that if you add up the number of times, let me see the way I phrase this. I asked the question, how many times uh, does the zodiacal sign of a king, one of the zodiacal kings, that is associated with the planet that's either in domicile or exaltation appear? So that's a fancy way of saying I'm doing a count. And it turns out that due to the imbalance of how many times a planet is in that the the imbalanced manner in which the zodiacal kings appear that you get a total number of exaltation and or domicile signs of 144. Yeah, should I bring up that chart again? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, you can bring up it's page nine. Um, so what's interesting about that. Oop, that's the wrong one. That's uh, for uh, people who want to know more about uh, this. David R. David Jones is the guy yes. to read his work. Um, that was the He's name very, very knowledgeable that I couldn't remember when talking to Aaron Leach the other day. Um, yeah. David R. Jones was the name I was trying to get to because he's been his work has been very helpful for me in understanding. Extraordinarily knowledgeable. I come from the yes. golden Don Enochian world to to reconfigure my brain over the last several years into a pro, to just to get that stuff out so I could approach it fresh. Very, very helpful. Um, yes. Yes. And uh, I know Duquette uh, quotes him, uh, quotes him uh, liberally. Who does? So uh, Duquette. Oh, well, so yes. Duquette's a smart man. Yes, he is. So um, I hear page nine. What's that? Nothing. Okay. okay. I'm just being silly, man. <laughs> All right. I'm a silly uh, Okay. So back up page nine. Yeah, so so that question I have, so this is the table, right? It's shocker, you know, an article about Enochian reflects Enochian and its liberal use of tables. <laughs> so um, at any rate, what I found is that if you if you do the math, if you add it all up, you get a total of 144 uh, times that that planet that that all planets are that are either exalted or domicile are represented. So now, obviously, 144 is nice in a couple ways, or in actually three nice ways. Uh, the first, it's the square of 12. So you have 12 signs of the zodiac. That's nice. It's also the reverse of the number 441, which is the number associated with the sigillum. And also, the square root of 441 is 21, which is the reverse of the square root of 144, which is 12. So you get this nice reflection and this idea of the angel saying, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, you know, from that line in the Bible, Matthew, whatever I, I, I cited there, I want to say it's 20 something. It's been a while since I've been making, made a big study, but it's referenced there. But at any rate, this whole idea of angels flipping stuff around became, came important. And then the last one, which to me is like the killer, if you want to know that this is a genuine, genuine transmission, I don't see anybody arguing with this. So it is transitioning from UPG to VPG. What is VPG? Oh, you haven't even watched my interview with Aaron yet. 
And no, I've listened to it, but I haven't, I don't remember you. Oh, wait, unverified personal assist, verified personal assist. Aha, which I, which I, I did. I remembered. So clever, I pointed out, is the same letter in Latin. Aha, aha. So, <laughs> so my point, because I was trying to argue that UPG is redundant and stupid, um, though I didn't use those words at the time. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just think that Gnosis is valuable enough to seek on its, for its own, on its own terms. And that yes qualifiers on that word is is an is 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 a you know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disrespectful i think to the yeah. whole agenda the whole uh, project the whole desire for gnosis to then qualify be like oh you know if you got gnosis you got gnosis and of course right. it's you but I did like, but when Aaron told me the VPG thing, I was like, okay, verify personal gnosis. So some gnosis, but the that this leads people into this idea that 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 gnosis therefore is only gnosis if it gets verified, and yeah, that it's not gnosis is the same thing as fantasy, which is such a such it, a it, yeah. way to think about. That's exactly right. I was gonna say it's a great way to start shitting on people if you know oh, you know, it's not verified. Therefore, you're just, you know, you're just mentally masturbating or something. It's like, it come also on. also makes people think that anything they think is unverified personal gnosis, which it isn't. Yeah. The attainment of gnosis should be a radically transformative experience. If you yes. aren't personally transformed and reconfigured into something else by the gnosis, it's not gnosis because understanding is application. Mm -hmm. Yeah. According so I would say, I would say the like, Rambach. so using the PG, the UPG, this is, I guess this is a, a universalizing, how about this personal gnosis that the angels directed me towards during, uh, during uh, this thing. And this is like, it's, if you take your biggest skeptic, right? I don't see them arguing with this once they understand it. So let's go ahead and get scroll to, scroll to the the big table with the ninety one. Yeah. So in addition to these governors and the 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 ninety one governors associated with the different parts of the earth, in addition to the aethers and the zodiacal kings, there are also these zodiacal kings when in these parts of the earth have these massive numbers. Okay, four digit, uh, you know, on the order of four digits, right? Now, if you had take 91 four-digit numbers, we'll just say seemingly at random, or very, very difficult to just sort of suss out, you know, what, what these numbers are, keep them all in your head, that sort of thing. And if I were to give you a large number that they needed to add up to, it is almost impossible to, for you to realize, even just by trial and error, the human mind to do that unless you're one of these very rare, like one in a million human mental calculators who can like take the seventh root of like a six digit number and, and no problem, you know, as fast or faster than a calculator, right? But for we mortal human beings, that is extraordinarily rare. Have you seen that done? I've seen, I've seen people do it who are amazing. Yeah. Um, but they're so rare. And I figure if you do meet those people, it probably is in Mensa though, or something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe so, but it, or it, it turns out it's like some kind of weird quirk. I remember one guy, he was very, he was doing it and it had to do with like the part of the brain associated with numbers 
was more fused with his parietal lobe, which is moving. And he literally said, when I, when I get going, and it was almost like it, Tim, it felt like he was physically running or, or being physically active. And that was stimulating the same part of the brain that did the numbers that could like just literally run through them. Very crazy. Uh, but I don't think Kelly was one of those. Who knows? Maybe he was, but it's, it's very rare. And you combine that with the, the placement of the zodiacal kings. I don't, I don't think it's possible for somebody to have planned this. I don't even think it's possible for two people to have planned this to, 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 and to make it like some sort of sort of massive hoax or whatever. So why, why am I, this is all a big lead up. Okay. So yeah. big four digit numbers, you know, pull them out of a hat, let's say, and you don't know how much they add up to. So if I'm telling you, okay, do these numbers add up to, you know, this other big four digit or maybe five digit number, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that off the top of your head. You could try by trial and error, adding up two, three, four, five numbers, et cetera. But for, for most of us, that's not going to happen. And where are the, what are these big numbers that I'm asking you to add it up to? These are numbers that are actually in the calls. And they actually are given, um, they're, they're like a regular Enochian word that translates to, for example, I think uh, 6, 69,636 is one of the bigger, is the biggest one. And, and when these I, names are based on Rakensa, right? Uh, whichever, the, the calls themselves. Um, the so, oh, oh, the Zodiacal Kings? Um, no, it, they are listed out in one of the cotton appendices. I want to say cotton appendix two. And they're just associated with the governors um, as they appear in order from Lil, but I don't, from Lil down to text, but I don't think that they, um, I don't think it matters because the governors are still, you know, if you, if you look at how they're doing, they're doing, they're done per tablet. And the only thing that shifts in the recensa to the original one is the order and location of the tablets relative to each other. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. But anyway, right, we can, I'm definitely, letters. what's that? Yeah, there's power around. A couple letters, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that to me, that's the significant change in my mind because the the switching of the placement of the tablets is, mm -hmm. it's not even what most people think it is, right? Because D drew the diagram of the directions wrong, mm. right? Switching yeah. hey, hey, with Oipe. Oipe yeah, I think... Yeah, I think Leach was so, talking about that on the last podcast. Goes in the, about... north, goes in the north and MPE goes in the west. Yeah. And that would also make OEPE in the north water and et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a shift. I find more significant. But this stuff where you're at, what the, like so just uh, as you're explaining, can maybe keep in mind the listeners, because even I don't have too much familiarity with, yeah. with the ground that we're currently in. Yeah, this is – so basically – so – Let's say if I give you like a hundred numbers and, you know, I pull them out of a random gen number generator and then I found, find, I tell you that there's another big number, 69,636. We'll use that one, right? Because it's a big. And I tell you, okay, using these, you know, numbers that I pull out of a random number generator, is it, do these add up to, and, and by the way, the, the whole point of like explaining this is to say how difficult and nearly impossible it is for a person to just randomly add these numbers up. So the question is, do, do did the numbers that I spit out of a random number generator, these 100, 
do is there a group of those a subset of those that will add up to this big large number that i gave you 69,636 is one of them for example right and that's one of the numbers that's actually in the enochian calls and the answer is i don't know and i was an idiot right i tried to do that myself i'm like okay let me i'll just go ahead and you know try to add up this one and this one and the and i realized that immediately you know pretty soon like this is an impossible task mm. but i did some research and it turns out that i am not alone in in foolishly pursuing this and that it turns out there this is known as a subset sum problem which mm. is if i give you a certain sum out of this collection of a set of numbers that I say, is there a subset from this other set of numbers that adds up to that? There's no way to know that, right? But what I did was I then said, okay, well, how, how is that solved? And on the Wikipedia article, it said, usually these are solved by using a program. And luckily I'm decent at uh, Excel. And it turns out that there's also an equivalent of in uh, known as LibreCalc for uh, Linux machines, and man, is that one better than Excel at solving a sum, subset sum problem. But basically, the idea who, is, is that... Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought that all of this math... That I assumed that the reason Bill Gates killed it was because it was bad. <laughs> Excel is actually extraordinarily useful, but it was when it come, came to solving this problem, it was not that good. Um, cause like it was just way faster in Linux, but I didn't know whether or not they would add up and it turns very fascinating what you've done here. Yeah. If you, if you go to this, so this is like the, the, towards yeah. the last third of the article. Yeah. Go um, up again. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, however you want to do it. Well, but they, yeah, I mean, you can see like, it's a huge, it's, there are 91 numbers, 91 very large numbers. And so I didn't know, I didn't know if there was anything to that. But it turns out that we'll use that number in particular, that there is a solution. And it turns out that it happens to exactly add up to the number of serving angels in Lil. And if you go down to wherever the solution is, I forget the other ones. I think it's Lil, Zip, uh, Pop. Uh, scroll down a little bit more to the solutions. Yeah, so that would be, just keep going. There we go, stop. So a little bit higher, yeah, right there, where the 6930 at the top. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that if you take the serving angels associated with the zodiacal kings slash governors of the Aether of Lil and of the Aether of Zip, hmm, these are pretty familiar Aethers, aren't they? These are pretty big, important Aethers, wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, and then the Aether of Pop and the Aether of Rye, that exactly those 12 governors uh, are governor, uh, excuse me, those 12 Zodi those zodiacal kings associated with the governors of those aethers are associated with 12 numbers of uh, serving angels that if you take those serving angels, add them up, then all of a sudden you get the solution. That's in the calls that Edward Kelly is separately scrying letter by letter <laughs> that he doesn't even have the translation for until after the fact that okay this this big number is here and he has no idea what it is and he doesn't associate with any mathematics anything like that but it turns out that that number is separately given as being associated with a number of aethers and that only if you actually do this complex mathematics and ask a computer to grind out a solution for you 
it it does a solution suddenly present itself and these numbers that here just seem like a bunch of random numbers it turns out that they are specifically associated with certain aethers certain aethers that are very important and that are um, numerically associated i believe like the aether let me just look this up really quickly i think the aether of pop is like 19 19 is very important in Enochian, but let me just double check. Well, I can't I can't take a look at that. Off. I can't sort of do that, this and talk at the same time. I believe it's the 19th Aether. Yeah, um, I could be wrong. Somebody will fact check me after the fact and then, you know, nail me in the comments, but whatever. Um, but the point is you read the article and you realize, oh, holy cats. So uh, there were 10 very large numbers that are in the Enochian calls, right? And I found solutions to exactly half of those. And all of those solutions included the uh, zodiacal king Levavoth, who is also the only zodiacal king with an eight letter name, as opposed to all the rest that have uh, seven letters. I know that Aaron Leach had, talks about uh, Levavoth and well, maybe it's more like the letter um, Tav in Hebrew. And so it's not really, it's making that T sound. I didn't go that way because uh, the reason why is that if you look at the cotton appendix, that letter H, it's almost like D is sort of like, you know, annoyed that he has to actually write in that letter H. It's smaller than all of the other letters, but he's sort of like, it's almost like he's forced to, or whoever was writing that up was like the angels like, nope, you better add in that letter H. And so the letter H is capital, but it's smaller. It's like to the side almost. But the reason I'm mentioning that is there's no way that, a guy who's just having these visions is going to seed each of the solutions to these mathematical problems with the one with the one zodiacal king who has an eight letter name instead of all the rest which have seven letter names the other thing i noticed is that there are, were some near solutions where it was for example uh the number 630 332 versus 633 etc cetera, etc cetera that if you take these near solutions, those um, numbers all add, add up to the number 50, which is very important in Kabbalah, and the letter noon, uh, but also that the numbers that come out are one, three, seven, 19, and 20. One, unity of God, three, the Trinity, seven, the, you get into the, the heptarchy, and of course, the big obsession of the number seven, 19, which is the number of calls that are not Aether-based, uh, and also um, the square root of 361, which is the, or the rounded, the rounded uh, square root of, a, of uh, 360 degrees of a circle, and 20, which is half the number of uh, cells along the uh, outer circle of the SDA. So a lot of stuff just kind of came came at me as mm. I was like doing this. I'm like, uh, uh it's, it's like heightened mystical state. And the angel's are like, you better look at this. You better look at this. You better do this. And I say, okay, okay. <laughs> but it was um, pretty, pretty interesting uh, experience. So I just kind of like, did a huge mind dump when I wrote this article and I was surprised it was only 13 pages, but, um, yeah, yeah. well, outstanding <laughs> work. I really must say this is excellent. Like just absolutely excellent. When you sent it to me, I was so excited at just earlier today, cause this was a spontaneous podcast since, since Zarathustra, the Aquarian has again yet to uh, manifest in my sphere, but I'm sure he'll show up. I really look forward to talking about the source family with one of its members. Like 
it's it's definitely my favorite cult of all time so far interesting well i look forward to that podcast but uh yeah so i'm so glad i wanted to be. thanks yeah for being I, I, yeah i i just i'm I, you can see why i got obsessed about like oh i just i gotta write this out i gotta mm-hmm. like I got to explain why this is important to people. Of course, this is kind of like bearing the lead, but there's no way somebody's going to read this start to finish and start with like 91 huge numbers and like being like, what? I don't understand this and toss it to the side. I had to put it at the end. So, but yeah, I think, I think you show this to a skeptic, especially like a hardcore materialist mathematician and be like, here you go, brah, or here you go, sis. And just like, explain this to me so you'd be like I, I i don't see how skepticism holds up under that so you can you would say that this is another nail in the coffin of skepticism about whether or not they were actually talking to ent- real entities of some yes. sort yeah i don't believe the human mind is capable of this not 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 a human kelly's. mind what's that especially kelly's kelly Kelly was a lot brighter than he gets credit for. I, I don't that when I went to Prague for this third time and finally went, I went to the, it was the second time at the, the tower and the, the guide was saying very different things than the guide had said back in 07 when I was there the first time or 06, I can't remember. And I was like really surprised. I was like the cropped ears and the thing she's like, that's a theory that's never been proven. We know that from the records that we have here in Prague and, and that people at state the university. So they were giving you all this new information uh, in their tour. And it was just a, it was a, obviously a tour guide who just knew what they're told to tell. Right. It wasn't a mm. of the stuff, the material, but they're passing off the cuff information that none of us have heard before. And it's because yeah. Prague, they have records in in Latin and Czech and all and whatever else, I guess. And those people study those things. It's their city. Right. It's yeah. like people talking about Frater Akkad. And I'm like here in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, I know where those places are. I can tell you, no, that's not it wouldn't make sense for that to go there. You know, sure. you know? so. So, yeah, there's a. I mean, yeah. He was definitely, and I'm really interested to hear more about the family of love thing with that that Leach mentioned on Doctor Sledgehammer's channel on Esoterica, right? The yeah, the, whole, like the wife swapping makes more sense in the context of them being in a part of a sort of a community that was sort of free love, which you know the idea that that free love didn't exist till the '60s is so absurd, right? Or that. Yeah. There's had been no previous sort of polyamorous social revolutions. That's nonsense. I'm sure there was probably small versions of that nonstop throughout all. Well, we, yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't evolve from the common chimpanzee. We evolved from the common ancestor to the, both the chimpanzee and the bonobo. So, like, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll I'll add a little wrinkle to this. Do you think? Um, you know, it, it should not be surprising to anyone that there are Christian sects that have developed around that because isn't the second greatest commandment next to, of course, you know, loving the God, loving God, isn't the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. And there's, you know, isn't, couldn't somebody take that to be like, well, why wouldn't that include sex? You know, I mean, hello. I hope someone, does a thing on the family of loves at some point i'm curious about what, that yeah right what i don't know anything other than that's why i just keep saying the same name the name of it because i don't yes yeah um yeah so that's somebody who can take that and do write a nice paper yeah and get I mean, a good dissertation out of it 
Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure if that, yeah. Well, we already talked about doctoral life. Jesus Christ, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about going back, but I, I don't know. I don't know. 200, I, grand. I, 200 grand here to redo yeah. it. I just don't think yeah, or spending 200 grand in five years. Or or you, you know, get a, get an assistantship or something. It's just like, that doesn't, that you can, be, you can barely live. You need support on that. And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I could in I, with in five with five years of full time work, I could instead work for Uber, make ninety six a year, save up, and buy a beautiful piece of property somewhere, make a little cottage, and there you go, right? As yeah. instead of coming out an additional two hundred grand in debt to the hundred plus I already owe for my masters, and just be like, well, I, I you know there was no way out anyway, so may as well go deeper into the hole. I don't know. It's a strange system that we've set up. As soon as we removed meritocracy from the universities, which happened after I graduated, fortunately, otherwise I wouldn't have graduated if I probably had, you know, went today because you know money wins rather than test scores for some reason. Um, but yeah, that's just you know. But California is now like taking doctor's medical license if they agree with what the pharmaceutical companies say. We're going down a dark path, brother. Yeah, I, I would. I need to look into that. I haven't. I haven't heard that one yet. So, man, I don't even want to know more about it. I don't want to. Look <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, there's that. This is the problem. It's like the internet. It's like there's so much information to know, but I don't know. I, it's like. I think that's the problem is like, like when you were younger and I was younger, you know, there were fewer sources of information, but there were a lot of books and at least they were kind of organized. Okay. And with the internet, it's just like, especially social media. And I am, I am engaged in social media. It's just like, I don't know if I can keep up with this stuff anymore. <laughs> it's like, you try to, you basically need to curate what you have, but then, when you if you curate you're building your own echo chamber so yeah i don't know that's a i don't know yeah so you really so this information goes a long way you'd say to disprove the idea of, of application yeah you you can't you can't look at the at the at this last section you can't look at it and and and, and understand it and then walk away and say okay there wasn't a transmission you know this this was just invented by human mind you cannot do that that's my that's my take on it. You Other people will, of course, disagree. According What's to the, uh, Kelly, was legit talking to angels. According to the official word from Mensa, and it spoke. <laughs> you are the spokesperson just, for I, Mensa. I am just I am just a guy. I am yeah, just a guy. <laughs> I know. I, I'm trying and failing to be funny, probably, but no, no, you're you're making me laugh. So Maybe I don't know how you're feeling. Okay. Yeah, that's all that matters. Very cool. Like so, yeah. This is just uh, what a contribution to uh, to the studies. I Thank think you. I look on the purist group on Facebook, you know, and it's like uh, most of them can barely even keep up with what you're doing uh, because you're going so hardcore at it. And I really think that's amazing, man. Well, well, thanks. Yeah, I think uh, I think the problem is is like a lot of people are contributing, and um, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that this well, much we're all at focused least... on different aspects of the system. That's that's the really thing. Great. You know, like I was, I was, that's, what's cool about what, you know, you're, you're doing. And well, well, I was saying to Aaron offline um, that, that a lot of us coming up into the purest world now, like you and you and I um, were very consciously not trying to 
reproduce others' efforts. We're very consciously yes. trying to look at things that others haven't looked at because we do want to grow the knowledge. Well, there's enough intro stuff there. Like, you know, Frater Yekid has done amazing work in his stuff and all of the secondary literature here has something to offer. Um, Absolutely. And uh, which, of course, and by, that on the period. Yeah, and I want to say, like, like th there, th there's no way this article is written without me having so many people who have digested the source material to actually dive into, try to understand, try to understand some more, and needing every single other author's person, you know, take on it. And it's just it's insane. Like, I think all of us are just really trying to do what we can to figure this thing out. It's like fractally insanely. It's, it's, it really is like the infinite, you know, it's like, you're trying to look at this thing and it's just like, it's all of us together making this stuff work and make sense. So everybody give themselves a pat on the back for what they've done. I got to say like, you know, we're all we're all really working towards it the 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 fractal natures of the numbers and the way that they add up especially in the way that the names you know angel names uh develop by moving you know the front letter to the back mm -hmm. and it's then it's still the same components but it's a new entire entity because of the placement of those components that is so similar to how many different kinds of spirits appear in dmt land you know yeah. In hyperspace, you you'll encounter these spirits, and it's like they're part of strings or like pillars. Sometimes, or dancing columns yeah. that move around, and you can when you communicate with them, they'll one of them will move back and one of them will move forward, but it's all still part of the same flow. And you're like, and it's like how it's almost somehow it seems to me this is just phenomenologically speaking that what the angels they tapped into were those kinds of angels that really do make reality. Like, yeah and the other thing it reminds me yeah the other thing it reminds me of is not just dmt land but dna land you know oh. it's just one shift or one like transposition or something like that it's like you know there's some real did you see my buddy parallels DNA language he just put out a book my buddy edward reeb put out dna magical language book and it's doing well apparently it's charting on amazon so i checked I need it out yeah there's I'll, I'll check it out yeah in a lifetime to read all this stuff man yeah a lifetime but it's just like a magical language but using dna stuff shapes that's perfect that's perfect i remember uh like one of the fun things to do you know it, it gets your mind thinking is to like use the um the seal of the rose cross with the you know hebrew letters switch them out for english or switch them out for a qwerty keyboard and see if you can come up with sigils like that try it out you know it's it's fun getting into that experimentation stage and then making it eventually seeing it you, you hit on something that really works so i really want to check out that book then um yeah 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 because if it i mean the proof is in the results so edward reeb. Reeb. if you don't know edward nice. you gotta check out his work and uh, all his stuff he's a very old friend of mine and very cool dude nice nice i will definitely yeah. Well, should we, it's uh, we're, we've got, you've gone past the time you said you were free to. So, yeah, I just, um, I don't know when this is coming out, but at some point I'm going to write a book. I have an idea for a book, but I'm trying to like, there's a lot of stuff that you got to honor. And I feel like I'm not really going to be 
I can't compete with the, the leeches and the Stenworks of the world, nor would I want to. I, I only know what I know, and I kind of want to bring forward a different kind of Enochian book. But I think I won't be able to do it until the, this Book of Silvered Leaves is done and uh, that ritual is complete. So yeah. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but it's a um, lot of work writing a book, man. Like, you know, I, I've, I've got down, like I'm well under, I'm well halfway through the mine and it's the best thing I've ever written, but, but it's still probably like, yeah, another, another good chunk of time just to yeah. you know, take writing books. Cause you know, you want to think about the reader as well. Um, yeah. That's how they're receiving the information and set the stage. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Not, it's not not easy and that's why i think it's uh unfortunate that so many uh de purists as we call ourselves sometimes um though i guess we all do it to different extents you know that's the irony of the de purist thing it's like it's de purist until it comes to something that you don't want to change like you don't want to swap out babylon for jesus christ uh mm. so how purist is it you know if yeah you the, the fueling force behind all the entire system like, you know, imagine if I convert to Islam, except instead of Allah, I worship Jesus Christ. Is it still Islam? Mm, no. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No, but, definitely not. You know, but, but, you know, and, and I'm not poo-pooing people who replace Jesus Christ in Enochian magic with, with Babylon or whatever Thelema thing they do. Like, I'm not because the system does seem that flexible and it would be very dogmatic and, and close-minded to reject something that's working on the grounds that it shouldn't work or something right. stupid like that. Right. That's fucking nonsense. But, but it's a problem when you got people like people come into the Facebook group, right? As we see, and they're like, how can I get into Nokia magic? And people respond to them. First, you need to go back to college, study poetry, literature, ancient languages, and they give you this laundry list of 25 mm. things you need to do. Then you need to train as a priest and get a theology degree. And my th my thoughts, and then you can study Enochian. They say that to fucking people, and it pisses me mm. off. You know what? I did that laundry list. I didn't even know I was supposed to, but I did it. And guess what? Completely unnecessary for working with Enochian magic. So to have, pe have people spouting off what they think that you should ideally do to be able to pursue the same magic they're pursuing yeah, without having done that stuff themselves. Yeah, they're throwing up a bunch elitism. of needless barriers. That's, that's pure elitism. That's exactly the reason why people don't study these things because of fucking snobs like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been the other part of what I've tried to do is try to make it more, more accessible, you know, like, like I'm trying to like, I put out little videos about, okay, here's some of the furniture you could do, but really all you really need to do is just try a few times to read off the call to text. You know, that's really all you need to do. That's a, that's a, that's a start. Then think about, you know, don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff try to just get yourself grounded in i'm saying this magical spell and this magical spell is you know in this interesting language you know feel like gandalf i think we talked about we talked about lord of the rings you're just saying this thing in this language that's used by the angels that nobody else uses so it's got this nice magical feel but try it try reading it off like you would hear maybe at church or in a choir and just try doing that try doing it a few times if something happens great if not put it away for a few days try again you know that's yeah, my take on it and then absolutely. and then start building then start researching then start 
you know, maybe trying to build in a, a sigillum, doing this and that, that's certainly going to help you. But yeah, I mean, if you're just saying, do put, if you put everything, you know, everything that is necessary, it's like, um, it's like you're, you're telling somebody they can't appreciate, you know, a play unless they understand, you know, Shakespearean play, unless they have done all the research into, you know, Renaissance England, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you know, just watch yeah, how people. You, you need know. to know what that storyline B was referring to in the shop district going on in London at that time. <laughs> he was, yeah. He's referring to real people that actually had problems. Didn't you know that? Oh, you didn't? Oh, well. Oh, well, yeah, like, you, yes. you, sorry, no admittance to the theater for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's the, that's the, that's, yeah, that kind of esotericism is the, it's the bad kind of esotericism. Yeah, we, we need ways to let people in. We need, we need on ramps, not exit ramps. Yeah, well, we both, uh, you and I both like looked at uh, at the Jason Newcomb's master class with Leach and Stanwick, and we both yes. went from there. Uh, for me, it took the last few several years to develop a working approach into it, testing that out in different ways, and then teaching it to my students in ways that would work for them, and then testing that and revising it. And finally, and I now have on my site, of course, a beginner class that's an introduction to deep purism in the beginner language but also perfectly usable for a traditionalist or a neo practitioner, right? Yes. Obviously, because, you know, you can always go chaos magic and just strip away all the guardrails and see what happens. I don't recommend it, but you could. Yeah. So it took a lot of work just to get yeah. an introductory thing out there, which I'm really proud of to be able to have that. So people can just do it and start, start yep. the process. But it's like, obviously after you start, you're still, there's still a lot of work to be done, but, yeah. but telling people they have to start by, buying a thousand dollars with a wood and yeah. and then learning how to become a woodworker it's 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 not a possible is that, is that well yeah. is that before or after i'm doing my double major in poetry and latin yeah like yeah you you make yourself crazy and that's the thing it's like you have to speaking of grad school again i had a professor who you know she was she was talking about her time getting her her phd and she had another uh, classmate who was like one of these very, very conscientious people, always going for the A, blah, 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 blah. And her advisor at the time said, so do you do you think that's a good idea? And she said, no. And she said, you, what you got to do is you got to cut corners. And he said, that's right. You got to cut corners. You got to prioritize. You got to get through it. And that's the thing. It's like if, if you're if you're looking to make this your whole setup as perfect as what the angels say, you're never going to have that beginning human experience of touching the divine because you'll always be holding back a part of yourself back. Instead, get in there, touch the divine and let that inspire you a little bit in the rest of what you're doing. At least that's my take. Amen. Yeah. I love that. It, it's so, it's so true. And, and, and that's exactly what they challenge you with in grad school. If you probably remember the reason they give you more reading assignment than you can actually do. That's not an accident. It's not because they're so stupid. They don't realize you can't read that much. That's not the, that's not why they're doing it. They're forcing you to make selection choices. Yeah. They're forcing, they're seeing if you can pass the unspoken test of, learning how to learn and learning where to cut corners and the fact that and, and bite the bullet on the fact you can't read everything get everything yeah. perfect anymore yeah um, there there are universities each university that i know of has at least one library if you cannot if you go into that thinking i need to read every book in the library in order to get a phd you have failed 
you you will never you will you will fail you will fail at year 50 in which you are you have passed passed away <laughs> yeah it reminds me of umberto echo's really hilarious essay called how how is it how not to read a library not how not to own a library or how to own a library or something something like that check it out i'm recommending it to you it's really funny you can, okay, probably, cool. you can probably find it on google but it's also in how to travel with the salmon and other essays and if anybody knew almost everything in a library it would be umberto echo <laughs> at least i know him by in terms of his obscurity i've that's that's what i've i i may have read a, a total of one thing by him but i know that the floors of his house were like breaking from the books Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Who told me that? Well, they might have been Angela, Doctor Puka, that said that. That would I think? Oh, okay. I'm that just because she's Italian, and we I mentioned Echo offline to her. I can't remember. I can't remember. She's got the inside scoop. Well, I would. I definitely, you know, I trust an Italian to understand Echo better than me. Well, he was a he was a pop culture figure, is what people don't realize. He yeah. Was a, journalist and the active part of italian society he wasn't just a, a recluse and that makes him even more interesting yeah yeah you gotta love figures like that so all right brother well thank yeah. you so much for having me thank you for for coming on and uh um yeah this was wonderful man yeah awesome. let's not leave it so long next time sure no problem all right maybe we can get an enochian roundtable uh happening at some point yeah, I will definitely be the most junior member there, and happily we'll have so. to make a decision. Between, we we'll have to find a time, get everyone lined up, and then we'll see if either Stenwick or Leach are free because we can't get them both, obviously. <laughs> oh no, no, they they, they don't get along, man. Yeah, which is cool. It's cool. It's all right. I feel yeah, it. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to play nice with these with these giants, you know, and uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we can we can get along with both of them. If they don't get along with each other, that's fine. Yeah, they they both. I will say I would I do want to say this. I have in my interactions with both of them, they have been very nice and very helpful. So I yeah. think uh, I uh, I really appreciate their contributions. Absolutely to to all to all the authors that are, who's on whose shoulders we stand. Yes. Yes. So thank you all of you who have let us dirty up your shoulder pads. <laughs> Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk that's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. Hermetic Science Enterprises.co.uk